What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. We have a recap of UFC Vegas 58. UFC Vegas 58, yes. That's exactly what it was. Now, quick little rundown. I got to get an early morning workout in. Well, actually not that early, um, but a daytime workout. I thought the no-gi class was at 10. It turns out that was actually at 11. Gi was at 10. I should have brought my gi. Um, this way I could have doubled down on a workout session, but I decided to just get a footwork in and uh, for the first round, which normally I just kind of do this lateral footwork drill, which is just high on your toes as you can possibly be that's comfortable. And you just circle around the cage for the entire duration of the round. For us, we fight five minutes. So I do five minute rounds. I only did one of these because my calves were on fire. I'm assuming it's from that mountain run that we did the other day. And... Uh, then Ray Seffo and the guys came in to do their pad work and their sicko drills and their sparring with um, Ty, uh, Nicholas Moda, um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wells, a couple other people came down too, Ryder. So that was pretty cool um, to get to see those guys work out. So I just did that five-minute session, and I'm telling you, my calves were on fire. I'm like, dude, I need to obviously do a little bit more recovery with the calves because I thought that would have been all healed up by now. Um, not the case, but this is why I say you cannot shoot right out of the gate a hundred percent because you put your body in a crazy deficit. And thankfully I didn't do another, we didn't do another sprint up and down that mountain. Cause that would have, I think banged me up pretty good going forward. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the end of the world. I just did the one round and my calves are on fire. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm okay with just doing the one. I'll just wait till 11 o'clock to jump in the BJJ class. So I did that, got a couple of rounds in. Uh, I got to drill with Claudia Gadeja. That was cool. She's actually really knowledgeable in the, in the BJJ department, more than I actually thought. Uh, so she was fun to work with for the drilling session. Then we did the first roll with each other. And after that, I rolled with the, the coach um, who taught the class, Chad. So he's actually a cop out here in Vegas. So I got to roll with him after. Um, very respectful dude who just happy to just be teaching, happy to be able to work out and all that good stuff and to just spread love and, and peace and and uh, fitness to everybody. So really cool guy to roll with. And then I got to roll with um, the son. I think his name is Trace, um, Trace uh, Jr. So I got to roll with him. We did one round and then that was pretty much the class. So I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling like I got enough in. So I pulled Trace over again. We did another round after that. Um, but that one round turned out to be about almost like 20 minutes afterwards. So I got a good workout in before starting the festivities. So I got to earn my calories and you know, what's crazy. So Friday morning, I woke up 169.5, no exaggeration. And between that Friday morning, 169.5, the work I did throughout that day. And then till Saturday morning, I woke up 165, and then at the end of the workout, and I drank some water too at the end of the workout. I normally don't drink too much during the session for some reason. I try to hydrate as much as I can before, and then I kind of like um, mentally challenge myself and just try to see how long I could go. That's just my chaotic way of thinking, and sometimes I just want to see what I weigh and see how long I could go and uh, see how much weight I can get out without actually putting in fluids during the training session, which is like good and bad um, for the mental side of it. I would say that's some could argue that is good to see how mentally tough you are to get through it, not needing a water break. Um, you take the break, but you don't drink the water. 
And then some people would say it's bad because you should be hydrating in between rounds with either some electrolytes or just some high quality H2O. But for me, I tend to get a little crazy because I like seeing what I weigh and then putting on all the water right after. So at the end of that, I was 160 flat. And I had some water on the way home because I had a shower. I had to take some pictures with the kids and because um, they were doing these amateur tryouts. So it took me a little bit longer. So I was like, dude, I can't drive home in this heat and not have an ounce of water. So I got to rehydrate just a little bit um, on my way back. And then when I got home, stepped on the scale, 160 pounds. I was like, bro, to lose that much weight in that short of a time frame is just insane to me. And then this morning I checked my weight again and I was 165 flat. So it's, it's cool to see how much I fluctuate and how much I can retain. Like my ring wasn't even fitting last week because I was so heavy. Not last week. I keep forgetting today's Sunday. Um, my ring wasn't fitting like a couple of days ago, I should say. So like two, three days ago, this ring would like in order for me to take this ring off my finger, I would have to flush it under some water and then it could slide off. Now I can actually push the ring on and I can actually take it off. As I say that, I get stuck for a second, but this is way better because I can just feel the difference in how bloated my body feels when it's retaining all that water. But I feel physically good. I still look like physique wise. When I look in the mirror, I feel like I still look like I'm in shape, like I look super lean. So I had some of the guys ask me like, yo, bro, what are you weighing right now? And I'm like, damn, dude, you're making me feel self-conscious right now. I'm just joking. I really don't care about that. But um, yeah, I, I do want to somewhat get my weight back down, especially that now next week, Saturday, will make it officially eight weeks from a potential fight with TJ Pillishaw. So we'll see. Um, we still haven't ironed out the wrinkles in that, but I'm hoping that the fight gets made until then I'm going to be training and in my mind we're fighting. So that's the best way I can look at things in terms of that landscape. So afterwards, fast forward, um, do the workout, get home, shower up. I almost didn't even make it to the fight. I was so tired. I just wanted to take a nap, but I rallied, got a little bit of an energy drink. I'm not going to say which kind. But I told you guys when I do drink them, I try not to drink the whole entire thing because I just don't like the overload of caffeine, especially for a guy who doesn't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't know how you guys do it. The Starbucks, how much money you guys spend. If you see these gas prices, you got to cut back somewhere. You got to cut back on the Starbucks so that you can spend the money that you need and allocate that, those funds for Starbucks to your gas. Unless you got a Tesla or some other electric vehicle. EV, baby. Um, but out here, I don't have an EV. I have a Toyota hybrid um, Camry. So that's what I drive when I'm out here. I spent $71. $71 for a fuel-efficient vehicle. Insane. It was about like five forty-five for a gallon. And yeah, that car takes about 13 gallons to fill. So yeah, man, I, I spent a pretty penny yesterday on gas. But either way, here we are. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fazeev. Great fight. A lot of action. Some back and forth. Um, some moments that seemed like they were going to be big moments for RDA, but Fazeev passed the test, being able to deflect takedowns multiple times. I felt like RDA was doing a good job of getting in on the legs, but not finishing the takedowns. Now, if you watch him again... One thing I did notice, he would strike well, and then he would pause, and then he would shoot. 
it's harder to get takedowns when you do it like that because it's almost like broken up. So now it's like two different things. So you're now striking and now you're wrestling. A lot easier to defend and, and navigate those type of attacks versus someone who could blend it in really well where it doesn't, you don't know which one they're going to do because it looks like they're striking, but then all of a sudden they're wrestling in between the transition and you, it makes it harder to read between the lines, so to speak. So in, in this case, I felt like RDA had some good entries. He really did. But I felt like Fazeev kind of saw those entries coming, and he did a great job of getting those the wizard, getting the underhook, using the cage defensively, and stopping the takedowns. Uh, I think he might have got taken down one time briefly, and then he got right back up. Um, RDA had some good control time against the cage. That kind of made the round, like I think it was round one or two, that was a little bit hard to score. But I felt like Fazeev was being more effective, landing more damaging strikes. And I thought, for me, those gave him the earlier rounds. I was like, it's close, but I feel like Fazeev definitely won rounds one and two. And then maybe you could make the argument that he won, I think it was three or four. Um, or was it, uh, yeah, it might be three or four. Because then, the, obviously, the knockdown happens, and the knockout happens in round uh, five, the last round of the championship round. Now, I stand corrected, guys. I was getting butchered for my opinion. Mind you, I'm watching live. I'm seeing from cage side. Yes, they're showing the replays. Yes, you can't see what the referee is seeing. Mark Smith is a phenomenal ref, as I gave him um, due credit. Um, I think he is one of the refs that lets you fight out as much as you can. And I appreciate that from a referee standpoint and that from an athletic standpoint. Um, the athlete always wants to have every opportunity that they can to try to recover, to try to get back in the fight. He took a monster shot right on the chin that sat him down, and Fazee followed up with one monster shot that hit his head and bounced it off the canvas. Now, in real time, when you watch that and it happens like this, it almost comes off as, whoa, what happened? You didn't let the guy, like, try to turn because he, he had his hand up even though he got crushed. He did have his hand up. Looked like he was ready, and it just got split. It got split right through, and Fazeev landed a nasty overhand that it caught Rafael Dos Anjos flush. So I stand corrected on that. I do think it was a good stoppage, but at the same time, I do think you could have let um, Fazeev load up on maybe not. When I say load up, so painting the picture here, he lands one big monster shot. You could have waited for him to cock back. And see how RDA, and obviously these are split seconds we're talking about. This guy's going to throw that fist faster than Mark can, can probably blink his eye. You know? That's just how quick and how talented these guys are in there when they have someone hurt. And they're pouncing and they're throwing these rabid fire shots. There's not much time, you know? But I do think if he had let him pull back to see if RDA could have recovered. And maybe he would have eaten one more shot. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe he could have just taken that shot and just been even more dead than he was after the first one. That Well, the second one that landed on the ground. The first one, which is the second follow-up strike. You know, the stint, first one was on the feet, then on the ground. He got hit again, and that was the second strike. So if he had taken a third, maybe that fight would, would have been way worse for him. Or maybe he could have came to, because it looked like his head bounced off the canvas. It looked like he went out and came right back. But again, I thought it was a good stoppage after watching it. And seeing the eyes and seeing how the, he kind of went limp for a split second. And I, uh, the name of the game is 
to land the kill shot first because you never want to be in a position where the ref has to question your safety. And at the end of the day, they're out there to protect us and to make us have a longer career by hopefully not being too chitty where you can get to more fights because that could be the difference between maybe having three more fights versus not having none. I mean, we've seen it with like TJ Grant. I don't even know if you guys even know who the hell that is. TJ Grant was on the cusp of a world title shot. I think he had one five in a row. Then he got concussed. And he never came back. Never came back. Was a top talent and would have been super fun to watch him fight. And I think he was supposed to fight Anthony Pettis, if my memory serves me well. And then another guy that comes to mind is Chris Holdsworth, who trains at Team Alpha Male. He's one of the BJJ coaches over there. Super high-level grappler. And uh, I think he was also undefeated and retired undefeated as well, you know. It's just one of those things. And, um, yeah, that's how it goes, man. You just never know. I think Davey, I, I think he fought Davey Grant. I'm not sure who won that fight. I think Holdsworth was. Now I feel like I should fact check myself, but I'm not going to do that. I'd rather you guys tell me in the comments. Let me know what you think. Um, but back to the, the matchup. The ref did a good job stopping this fight. Let RDA live to see another day, maybe fight another day if he chooses to. He is 37 years old. He has a family. He has kids. I understand all that. So all the people that were dogging me, I get where you're coming from. And again, I still think you could have let him take another shot. Because that is the game that we're playing, right? That is the game that we're playing. I'm not saying, hey, I want to see a dead body because that's what someone said. Hey, I'll just, just just straight up admits he just wants to see dead bodies. I'm like, nah, bro. I just would like to, him to get his fair shake where he's like, no questions asked. You were done, bro. I literally gave you another opportunity. You got cracked and there was nothing you were doing and I had to jump in and save your career and, well, the rest of your career and your life. So, again, great fight. Um... Fazeev calling out Rafael Nadal now after calling out Hasbullah, calling out Vince Vaughn. He's been calling out everybody. I think he's a pretty funny dude. Um, good friends with Jan. I know he was like talking some shit to me a little bit back in the day before the fight with Jan, the rematch. So um, congrats to him. And again, I have no race or dog in the hood. I don't bet money. I didn't have money on RDA. That's not what I do. I don't bet on fights. I tell you the 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 more likely guy to win because as a, a an athlete currently in the space, I know it's fully possible for the craziest things to happen. Sometimes people wake up sick and they don't rehydrate the right way. Right here, guys. Right here. Literally, exhibit A. And knowing what I'm capable of doing, getting written off and being a big underdog and then coming back and then shocking the world, is it's like you just never know. And you never know when someone, like, even the fight with uh, Anima versus Garrett Armfield, Armfield, whatever, took it on short notice, but looked great, was fighting a great first round, and then the, guess what? He decides to do some craziness and engage with him because Anima started yelling at him across from the cage and starts, like, pumping him up. And I'm like, dude, you're going to get suckered into a stand-up fist fight where you are the smaller guy, and you should go back to your wrestling and take his ass back down. That's how you get the W on short notice. But went out there and decided to entertain. And again, sometimes you just never know. And he was the biggest favorite on the card. But he had a great first round. And it looked like he had a potential chance of winning that fight. And that's what I'm talking about. You just never know. You really never know. You could play the field, though. And again, I didn't bet on the fight. Great win for Rafael Fazeev. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to his next fight. We can possibly see him maybe stepping in there with a guy like Justin Gaethje. A Michael Chandler. 
Mm, Dustin Poirier is out there. Uh, who else at 155? Uh, Armand Shoyukin, even though I think that would be going backwards for him now, right? I think that would be going backwards. Yeah, that would be going backwards. Then you have um, Gamrat, who just won. So there's a lot of fun fights, and that's going backwards as well. But the, those guys in the top five are probably not going to be jumping at the bit to take on Fazeev. I mean, he removed all doubt from the close fight with Bobby Green to the Hanata Moicano knockout that was spectacular to now winning this one after beating Brad Waddell. So he's he's a true dark horse. And I don't even know if he's a dark horse. He's a true contender to this lightweight division. So you guys better keep your eyes out on this guy. Caio Brajo versus Armand Petrosian. This fight went exactly the way I thought it was going to outside of a submission finish. I did think um, Brajo was going to finish him. I'm just going to call him Caio. I, I felt like Caio, when he got him down, he would be able to finish the fight. He was in dominant position multiple times. I'm sitting next to Charles Oliveira. You can hear Charles giving out instructions. Jessica Andrade giving out instructions. The whole Brazilian crowd giving out instructions. It was like Brazil versus the, the Eastern Europeans. I mean, from... Uh, Dagestan to Russia to Armenia to um, what was the other one? Um, Azerbaijan. It was just Brazil versus the Middle Eastern. That's what it felt like. That that seemed like the theme of the night. Um, he did great. Fought a, a really good fight. Petrosian did good when he when he could. And that's the thing about a striker versus the grappler matchup. If you don't find that KO punch or that KO kick, guess what? Your ass is eventually gonna get taken down. And you're going to be in for a very, very long night and not a fun one. You know, he landed some crisp strikes, uh, especially in that third round. It looked like he had some steam still left. And Kyle arms looked like they were getting heavy. He wasn't punching nowhere near as fast as he was in the first round. Makes sense. He's the one initiating all the grappling. Even though you could say he's the one on top and making Armand have to work and do all this um, stuff on bottom for Petrosian to try to use up a lot of energy. But those... Those muscle fibers, the guys who are strikers versus the guys who are grapplers, I do feel like there's a difference where the guy who may train striking occasionally, but primarily a grappler, he can grapple all day long. The guy who's a striker, he can strike all day long. So when one guy is in his element, the other one is going to suffer. So if I hit the ground and I'm getting lit up on the feet and it hits the ground, I'm going to be okay on the ground. I can grapple and squeeze and do that all day long and recover quickly. The guy, and again... And I'm going to use myself because whatever. I, I mean, who else should I use? I mean, I can use these guys, right? So now the fight gets to the feet. They reset. And you you see the crispness still from Petrosian, still throwing some fast, slick strikes. Not trying to throw too many, but still quick popping and trying to move and get out of there so he doesn't get taken down. But then Kyle, he's kind of pushing his punches at, at this point. He's a little bit more labored, but he takes a beautiful shot, takes him down again, puts him back on his bum. And from there... You could see the difference. One guy just looked like a fish out on land. And that's the, pretty much the story of the fight. So, big win for Kyle. Um, he told me he was going to get the finish. Kyle, you say you're going to get the finish, brother. What happened? <laughs> uh, congrats to you again. And I'll uh, probably see you at the PI one of these days. Um, definitely go celebrate. You you deserve it. Enjoy that shit. Saino Magomedov versus Douglas DeAndrade. Fun fight. Fantastic fight to watch. Now, Saeed, I think he's going to break into the top 15 soon. At some point, someone's going to have to, I don't want to say test him, because I felt like 
Andrade definitely tested him. So I don't want to disrespect him and say he didn't test him. He definitely gave him a run for his money. And then that second round, I got to go back and watch that because it looked like he got dropped. And now, a lot of these judges, they're most, they're, I feel like a lot of them judge fights in MMA, like it's a boxing fight where you've seen like the Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder, one knockdown, one punch versus all the, the brilliant boxing throughout the entire round gets wiped out because of the one drop, the one knockdown. So I was wondering if the refs, or I keep calling them refs, I was wondering if the judges were going to do that. And I was talking with Ali Abdelaziz, because that's one of his guys, and he goes, brother, what fight are you watching? What fight are you watching? He said, I felt like he had to fight. He, he, was, he thought it was like 3-0 easy. And I go, bro, it's really hard to know what the judges are scoring because we don't know. They don't really tell us. We don't have examples for us to go, okay, based on this example and us using this as a rubric for future fights, for our own potential fights, we could kind of gauge and know where we stand in the fight. But when you don't know, because they don't really, they don't reveal that to us. There's not like any seminars that allow fighters to come out or online Zoom calls for fighters to jump in and using different examples to try to come to some kind of common ground so that we could understand judges better and they could understand us in case they aren't act actively taking MMA lessons and all in all fields of MMA, from judo to sambo to wrestling to BJJ to boxing to Muay Thai to just kickboxing, waist up kind of thing. What a what a check feels like versus a, a parry jab versus a check from a head kick that you still block with the arms. If it knocks you over, how much damage does that do versus getting out of the way versus a clean check where I push you backwards and now you're off balance. There's a lot of nuances that go down and we need answers to give us clarity. So that second round was really, really close um, because of that knockdown. Now, I don't know if they scored it as a knockdown. I know it hit him in the back of the head, but you could say he was throwing a strike and he fell over, but I, I don't know what the judges are scoring it. I'm like, I don't think it was a knockdown. But the judges might have saw it and seen something completely different. The same way the ref saw something completely different from one strike in RDA versus Fazeev. He got hit one time on the ground and the fight was over. Boom. Done. I don't see what he's seeing. So the same thing. We don't see what the judges are seeing that are sitting cage side. I am kind of sitting cage side, but they're sitting like right up there. Like literally almost right in the goddamn cage. Got. Not God. Got. Um. Yeah, so fun fight, a lot of spinning attacks for Saeed Nurmagomedov, and I don't think many of them landed. I feel like he, he was probably like three for 20, but I think the fact that he kept going back to it kept Douglas the Andrade kind of cautious to just w like walking straight in and, and running into something. A um, couple of the wheel kicks look like they combed his hair a bit. Uh, so fascinating fight, very technical, and again, another Nurmagomedov, from what I understand, they are not related with him and Khabib and Umar, from what I understand. Um, but if you have that last name, just be careful stepping in the octagon with that killer. <laughs> uh, but great fight. I'm excited to see what's going to happen next for, for Nurmagomedov, who used to fight at 125. So exciting things for him to come. I wonder where does Douglas DeAndrade go now? He's a much older guy, 37 years old, but still slanging and banging fists. He was on a two-fight win streak. Now that win streak gets snapped to Saeed Nurmagomedov. Chase Sherman versus Jared Vendera. That was a fun fight. Uh, I thought Vendera was winning. 
Now, Sherman was doing some beautiful things with the head movement, uh, even his footwork. But I, I felt like when he was slipping, he was kind of just slipping to a point where it was like it was almost moot. So I was like, do you need to slip and rip? Um, maybe do it a couple times, just slipping, kind of look cool out there. And then one time the guys think he's going to just do that and he slip and you bang him with something, you know. Uh, that's just one of the crit- criticisms. And I don't know if that's a criticism. That's a one, one area where I think he can improve on. And it's not a critique because I'm just saying, like, he won the fight. He did what he needed to do to win. Um, I thought he was down on the scorecards, but he found a way to win and found the finish and got Vandara out of there, who looked great with the boxing until he got caught against the cage and Sherman just started to tee off on him. So kudos to Sherman. Uh, again, I just think he was kind of slipping and moving a lot. Uh, ate a lot of strikes doing that. But I do think when you when he starts to do that, I think that's the next wrinkle of his game. He can make guys pay big time. And eventually he made them pay, right? So I guess that counts for something. But yeah, just something like food for thought that I think that he can take with a grain of salt, of course. Uh, I'm not a heavyweight. I fight a lightweight class. But some of the things I see that he can exploit um, because he had some fantastic head movement. And I think he can use that to his advantage and maybe get guys out of there sooner rather than later in the third round, especially when you're down on the scorecards. So again, fun fight. A lot of back and forth, but I thought Vendara was getting the better, like landing the cleaner strikes. And I do think both guys could have gone to the body a bit more, especially with with the chase when he's slipping, boom, 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 doing all this um, fancy stuff, looking clean out there. I felt like he could have Floyd Mayweathered it or even Canelo'd it and came to the body and ripped something nice and then come back over the top. And I think that could have been something an opening that he could have exploited as well against Vendara. Eamon Zahabi versus Ricky Tercios. This was a fun fight, back and forth. Zahabi just did not bite on any of the fakes from Tercios. Tercios was trying to get Zahabi out of his element, but he did the right thing, staying patient, and letting Ter- Ricky come to him. He didn't chase and pursue Tercios. You only do that when you get your opponent hurt. When you got a style like that that's very unpredictable, he's stomping, he's making weird-ass sounds and shit. Yeah, that shit could throw you off, man. So, I think Eamon fought a great fight. Super smart, very intellectual, establishing the jab, taking the free leg kicks when he could, and then getting out of there, not throwing too much, um, ripping the body with body kicks, and then getting out of there. And again, with the jab, establishing that. Ricky had a great moment in the third round. Uh, but it was a little too little too late. It was a little too too little too late. It's a little too little too late. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> something like that. But Zahabi fought great. Um, for him, what was that? One or two? Two in a row now, beating Draco Rodriguez overhand right in round one, and now beating Ricky Tercios by unanimous decision. And if you don't know Tercios, he was on a... Two-fight win streak. He was on the Ultimate Fighter, won two fights, beat Brady, Heistead, and by split. And he also was the Ultimate Fighter winner. So, the little history for you guys. JV Malarkey versus Michael Johnson. I did not know which way this fight was going to go. Back and forth. And I'm a little biased. I'm a huge Michael Johnson fan. We've hung out at Exos before, doing some workouts over there in Arizona. And I got to meet him. We got to hang out a little bit in uh, MSG. I think this was after he fought Khabib. Um, just a cool dude. Uh, kind of my speed. He, he does. I will say one thing about him. Uh, he, he's a funny dude. I guess that's really just it. But he's a funny dude, man. And you get a little, you get him a little saucy. 
that man, that man, he, he's a good time. He's a good time to hang out with. So I'll just leave it at that and uh, not reveal, <laughs> not reveal like nothing too crazy, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, really cool. And I'm not saying nothing crazy like, oh my God, we did some of the most ratchet thing. No, nothing like that. I just think that's better not even to be said. But again, really good fight. I was a little biased. I felt like MJ did better in round one. I was like, maybe he won round one and and. I don't know, man. It was just such a good fight. Back and forth. Both guys brought it. Malarkey, this is what he does. You start to beat up on him. It's like he gets your timing, and then he starts to drown. Not, I don't know, I mean, not say drown, but some guys he does. Some guys he drowns them, and some guys he just puts the pressure on them, and then eventually he just melts them. That's just what he seems to do, and he's a fun, fun fighter to watch. Australian guy, and I think he's got a bright future. He's 27. He lost to Jalen Turner, and that was back in March. You know, no shame in that. He Before that, he beat Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, same thing. Started off fast, was getting in that ass, and then somehow, some way, Malarkey came back and turned on the the freaking heaters and just attacked that man from bell to bell, post to post, and got him out of there. And again, this is, I think, what makes him so dangerous and very, very fun to watch. I mean, he got to the UFC. He lost his first two UFC fights. Then he won two in a row by finish. Then he lost to Jalen Turner. And now he just beat Michael Johnson by split decision. So I'm really excited to see where his future goes from after this. Um, my memory card is filling up. I have a couple notables. Cody Brundage. Great fight. Great knockout. Uh, Antonia Shevchenko. And about uh, Brundage, too. Calling him out and saying, like, I thought we were wrestling. I thought we were wrestling. I love shit like that. That type of stuff gets me excited. Um... Damn, I felt bad for Trey Shonda. I was hoping that he was going to get the win, but, you know, that was a nasty win for him now, coming off of two losses after looking so dominant on the Ultimate Fighter. Shevchenko, I thought she fought a brilliant fight. Uh, I'm surprised that was a split. I thought she was besting um, Courtney Casey. I thought Casey was picking it up a little too late. In that second round, she had some great moments, and that's what she needed to do, cut her off and bite down on the mouthpiece and just go attack her. She waited a little bit too long and let Antonina get ahead, and I think that pretty much told the story of the fight. Sadikov, great fight for him. Uh, David, out of my great win. Sadikov looked really, really good. I, sorry, guys, I want to break this down more, but I'm running out of memory card, and we're about to end in literally like two seconds. But Sadikov looked really good. That's the guy to keep your eyes on. He looked phenomenal in the wrestling department. Marab said he did some sambo. I did not know that, and he looked the part. And throwing Ronnie Lawrence around, which I did not see coming any there's no way I thought that was going to happen I thought not in any if any way he won it wasn't by out wrestling Ronnie Lawrence because he just looked so great in his last fight dropping um Martinez in the last one and then coming out and doing this it was so one-sided I was actually very very impressed how dominant he was with the grappling and with the striking he did some good things he did get caught after taunting a little bit and that's what always makes the drama of the fight exciting because then if you lose you you eat a little shit but he finished strong, finished the fight, and he got it done. And again, shout out to him. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next for him.